This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Whether you're drinking, showering, boiling pasta, or cleaning, we use water for everything. But do you know where that water comes from or how clean it is? And could something like recent flooding on Chicago's north side affect its quality? Well, joining us now to dig into all those questions and more is our sustainability contributor, Karen Weigert. She's also the director of Loyola University Chicago's Baumart Center for Social Enterprise and Responsibility. Hi, Karen. Welcome back. Hey, Sasha. Good to talk to you. So, Karen, we have seen all the videos uh, of the brown drinking water in Jackson, Mississippi. Thankfully, Chicago water isn't anywhere close to that. But how does it compare? So Chicago's drinking water is generally pretty good, and that's a, a really lovely thing. And our source is really Lake Michigan, so we can we can see it. We're nearby, mm-hmm. um, and it gets pulled in from the lake and treated a bit, and then the pressure takes it in the pipes through our system. But that's our drinking water source. So when we're protecting Lake Michigan, we're protecting our water. Yeah. We'll talk more about that that treatment, right, making it go from just being lake water to drinkable. How does it happen? So if you, if you look out on the lakeshore and then you look even farther out, about two and a half miles, you see these little tiny buildings. They look like they're in the water. Those are called cribs. And that's actually the water intake. So the water gets pulled in there, pulled in then uh, into a plant. The large plant that does most of this is called Jardine. So it's actually right next to Navy Pier. Okay. And the treatment happens there. So it's a bit of treatment. It's a bit of chemicals and a bit of a physical process of sorting out. Uh, larger items. And after it goes through a couple layers, chlorine, fluoride as are examples of some of the chemicals that are used, uh, it gets pumped into the system and then gravity takes it in miles and miles and miles of pipes to everybody's home and business. I know Lake Michigan has had some days where it's not safe to swim in, right, because of fecal matter in the lake. Does this process you've just described, does that help? Yes, and a couple things there. The first is the the cribs are two and a half miles out. So that's an important thing to remember. And they pull the water from 20 to 30 feet below the surface. So that's exactly where it comes in. But yeah, the sequence of processing removes various physical and biological elements. So it is intended to make it clean and it's also tested regularly. So that's a critical factor here. So in terms of urban water, we actually have pretty good water when it starts right there. Yeah. The dirty water that the city produces, where does that go? Okay, well, first of all, different pipes. That's probably the key thing. Okay. So the water coming in, drinking water, it's not the same pipe system. But also, it's miles and miles and miles of pipes. So the dirty water from your home or business, from your kitchen or your bathroom, that actually connects underground with a different set of pipes that also capture stormwater. And they all connect through a series of ever larger pipes out to processing plants. The largest one is Stickney, and this is the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago. So that water gets processed there, but then it leaves the Chicago metro area. When we reverse the river, this is what we did. So that water actually leaves, heads out, ends up in the Mississippi and in the Gulf. Oh, how many other cities are doing that, like sending their dirty water out of the region? It's pretty unusual. It's really just the metropolitan area of Chicago. So Chicago and a few other, multiple other cities are all part of this MWRD system. So all of our water does this, but that's very rare. The majority of the water around the Great Lakes and in this watershed is treated here and then stays here. I see. So that's what cities typically do. Yeah, absolutely. So if you think about a city nearby like Milwaukee, they've got an entire treatment system. They're also right on the lake. And after they have done all of the stages for their water, uh, it goes back into Lake Michigan. So I alluded to this earlier, Karen, but, you know, most recently many 
Chicagoans who were on the north side of the city. They, they saw this extreme rain that uh, overwhelmed our sewer system, you know, causing this flooding. In some places, it showed up as water geysers. Does that impact Chicago's drinking water? So the the fast storm and the and the water coming down was really remarkable. Probably not that remarkable when we look ahead, but the geysers that's water pressure and air happening really fast in those systems that are part of what's going to go out. So that's not coming into your drinking water. Uh, that's also not part of what's coming through your pipes when you open up your faucet. Now, big picture, you always want to make sure we look at what's happening to Lake Michigan, but that flooding that was local is a different system. Uh, and those geysers, as weird as they were, luckily are not part of the drinking system. So we know that the uh, majority of flooding we see in Chicago, it, it happens in people's basements, right? So does this kind of flooding also impact the cleanliness of local drinking water? So the flooding in people's basements, is it's absolutely devastating. And it is part of the water once it's come out of the drinking water system. So it's not related there. What you do have to look at, though, is in a big picture, if there overall is a massive amount of rain, there are times where the lake and the river are reconnected. So when there are extreme cases, and this this has to really cover a lot of the city, not a, not necessarily a microburst in a part of the city, mm-hmm. on occasion, uh, the lake and the river are reconnected heading in. So you will you'll see awful pictures there. But in general, first of all, we're pulling water from two and a half miles away. It's being pulled from several many feet underground and it's being treated there. Uh, but you want to keep in mind in that really big picture, this is all connected. Uh, but luckily, the systems are built so that what we're experiencing locally with flooding really isn't directly connecting in the immediate sense to our water. And quite honestly, some of that is why Chicago reversed the river was to take challenging water away Uh, It was a short-term fix. Now, long-term, we've got to fix the overall system of having better clean water in more places. But luckily, there's some splits between these systems. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are talking about the quality of Chicago's drinking water with Karen Weigert, who's the director of Loyola University's Baumart Center for Social Enterprise and Responsibility. And she's also Reset's sustainability contributor. Karen, what about the pipes in people's homes? Are, Are there still many homes with lead pipes? There are. And so while the water starts out in general as very high quality, and for many, many people it remains that way, we absolutely have to look at this challenge of lead pipes. And Chicago is the city with the most. I mean, there are almost 400,000 of them. And And remind us why they're a concern, Karen, lead pipes. Yeah, they're absolutely a concern because the water goes through the pipes and lead can have, it's essentially it's a neurotoxin, it can have detrimental effects on human health and human development, particularly for young children. So you don't want lead of any level in your water. And uh, thousands of homes and two flats have lead in that service line, so in that last part of the water when it comes from the main system into your home. So it is absolutely a challenge. Chicago has a lot of them, uh, and it's something that we've got to be addressing. When you think nationally, how do we compare as far as the uh, number? We, yeah, we Chicago has the most, and then Illinois also has the most. So when you think when you think nationally, wow. this is definitely a challenge. And there's also some unique challenges locally, which is there's been some research done that um, black and brown families are twice as likely than white families to be living in some of the communities with a high concentration of lead pipes. 
So nationally, we stand out. And then if you think about what happens locally, there are definite disparities in terms of who is experiencing and potentially being exposed to lead. And quite simply, it was required in homes before 1986. In the little time we have left, Karen, I do want to dig into what kind of chemicals might be found uh, in our water. What are these forever chemicals and, and how might someone know if their drinking water has those? Yeah, we've been hearing a lot about these. These are the like PFASs, um, PFAS, and they're, first of all, there are thousands of them. Uh, humans created these chemicals and they're really to resist oil and water. So it's in stain resistant items or in water resistant items and they don't break down unlike some other kinds of chemicals. So you can't actually see them, taste them or smell them. So a key thing here is water testing and water sampling. So Chicago, there was a, a decent amount of testing that's been done across the state. Chicago's water tested pretty well, was largely not detectable. But some of the areas in the Chicago region had slight levels that were detectable, but there are some communities where it's, it was even higher. So the key thing here is to know that they are out there, these chemicals last for decades, and to look at the testing, because you won't be able to tell just through taste or smell. And, and settle this debate on the, the reset team. Water filters like Brita, LifeStraw, Berkey, should we be putting our tap water through these before we drink it? <laughs> well, I never like to get in an argument of folks who are <laughs> thinking about information on a daily basis. But I will suggest definitely look at filters. There are filters that can be specifically supportive when you're thinking about PFAS. And also back to our conversation about lead. If you if you think you have a lead pipe, first of all, get it tested. And second of all, definitely look at filters uh, while you're thinking about potentially a longer change to get those lead pipes removed. But I'm going to vote yes filters okay. and know about your water yes. and know about how to keep yourself healthy. I win. Uh, where can people go to find out more about their quality of water, Karen? So there have been some of these tests done and samples. In general, you can look to the city of Chicago. There's a chicagowaterquality.org, or you can even call 311 if you want to get a lead test kit as an example. Um, but it's important just to stay up to date and to look at what the testing has been. So PFAS has been tested recently. Lead pipes, there's a decent amount of information. Um, but when in doubt, you can call 311 for a lead test. Karen Weigert is the director of Loyola University's Baumart Center for Social Enterprise and Responsibility. And she's also Reset's sustainability contributor. Thank you, Karen. Great to talk to you.